Are you ready for the end of the world? <laughs> it's like it's kind of it's kind of hard to play that while you have birds chirping. In the <laughs> yeah, background. it's such a peaceful day. It just like no one expected it when the end came. There, there, the nature is so happy that um, it's slowly raining. Are you ready for the end of the world? Listen to your community spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. I forgot. <laughs> Let's bring back the circle again. <laughs> Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of friends. The circle of... Man, I'm really... <laughs> I need to do this part. Too. I need to do this part. Yeah. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. And I forgot the circle of family. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. Um, can't forget that. Family's important. Whether... Uh, What do you call it? Blood family or the family you pick? Yeah. So let's talk about the family of businesses that are trying to kill us. (laughs) Was that a good segue? Yeah, that's (laughs) a good segue. So, yeah, our first story, uh, Woolsey Operating Code files for a fracking permit in White County, Illinois. Uh, The Illinois Department of Natural Resources Office of Oil and Gas Resource Management received an application notice for... Uh, for high-volume horizontal hydraulic fracturing permit from Wichita, Kansas-based Woolsey Operating Company. So the application, it's got a really creative number, HVHHF00001, <laughs> because it's the first one in southern Illinois for, uh, for fracking. So there is a public comments period that is going on. It started already. It is in effect now until 5 p.m. on June 27th. So time is running out to let your thoughts be known. You um, have four days. Yeah. And if in our newsletter we've got the, the Food and Water Watch has a an automatic sort of comment form that you just fill out what you'd like to say about it, and they have an included suggestion for that. But if you don't, ha- don't want to go to the comment form, you can also do it by email. They've got uh, dnr.hfpublickcomments at illinois.gov. And you can also... There's a variety of ways. There's, there's, you can mail it to them. It has to be in writing in some form, but it can be email or letters. And so let's see here. Now, this article is from the Southern um, newspaper. Otherwise, if you would like links and stuff, you may email us, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, and we will send this to you because it must include you know, the review number. Yeah. And received by 5 p.m. on June 27th, according to this. Yeah, and this is a big deal in southern Illinois because this is the first uh, uh, permit application for uh, high-volume horizontal hydraulic fracturing, which it it was a couple of years ago when the legislation made such a thing possible, but the economic conditions were not favorable for it. But now this company has decided they're going to go for it. So a lot of people who live, especially who live in the area, in and around White County, but really all of Southern Illinois is researching this, concerned about this. So that's why there's a public comment period. So you can let the IDNR know what you think about the issue. Now, I thought this was interesting. It says if public hearings are requested and granted, it will be um, on July 5th. I mean, they've given the exact time and the exact location, but before that, it says if public hearings are requested, 
and granted. Yeah. And yet they have a specific location and time and date. Well, I guess it's good that they planned. So, I mean, maybe so if they, nobody requests a public hearing, they, they won't, won't have, have one. one. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not just like standard and mandatory. Yeah. Okay. It's like. Maybe they're so confident that people will request one that they went ahead and scheduled it. <laughs> just, <laughs> they know it's going to be a contentious issue here in Southern Illinois. And why are we telling people about this? Why is it contentious? Well, there are so many consequences, uh, uh, consequences Excuse me, associated with hydraulic fracturing, high-volume hydraulic fracturing. Um, there's the c- concerns about water contamination, radioactivity, uh, earthquake seismic activity from the disposal wells primarily. Um, it's, I don't even have the list in front of me, but those are some that come to me off the top of my head. Air pollution concerns? Well, it seems to me that a very large contingent of Southern Illinoisans came out against this. Yeah. And so it's kind of a surprise that they're you know trying to do it regardless. Yeah. It was the biggest public comment period I've been to previously was a previous one about uh, the whole legislation thing. You know, there were hundreds of people who turned out at the student center for that one back when this was first going through and so this is a company it says out of kansas and so they're um coming in and filing for a fracking permit in white county yeah i wonder if they've done the mapping and they've realized oh well if there's an earthquake here we won't be affected by it we're in kansas so <laughs> just like we're all good and there was just a talk on wednesday about the relationship between radioactivity and fracking because a lot of people don't think of that. If you inject water into the ground and there is radioactive material in the ground, then it comes back up in the water that needs to be disposed of. So, uh, yeah, a lot of concerns. Another, another resource on fracking is don'tfractureillinois.net. That's the website of Southern Illinoisans Against Fracturing Our Environment. They've been doing all sorts of meetings and preparing legal responses and that sort of thing. So... Uh, yeah, they've been doing a lot of organizing around this. And I believe they're actually the ones who brought this to my attention first. I've heard it several sources now. but Well, that's good. Thank you for people sending us new stuff. Our uh, email is info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Yeah. Now let's talk about ranking oil companies by climate risk. Who wants to be on the top of the list? <laughs> Who's number dun, one? Dun, 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 Exxon Ta-da. is near the top. Yeah. ExxonMobil has more to lose than any other big oil and gas company as the world transitions to an economy with dramatically lower carbon dioxide emissions. A new ranking by the Carbon Tracker Initiative has found. Up to half of the company's projected capital expenditures through the year 2025 would go to companies projects that wouldn't pay off if emissions were held low enough to keep global warming below two degrees celsius the goal of the paris agreement on climate change the report says carbon tractors work on stranded assets that's investments that would be abandoned if the world reduces emissions of carbon dioxide from the use of fossil fuel has been increasingly influential among shareholders who are demanding that energy companies fully disclose the risks well yeah yeah if you have a business model that is set up to not make money if you follow that business model (laughs) kind of the shareholders want to know so they can either you know divest from your company or push you to not do that right yeah 
Now, this is the first time the organization has ranked oil and gas companies by their potentially stranded assets. Now, Exxon is hardly alone, but it stands out in the crowd. Among the international oil and gas giants, Exxon has the highest percentage of its capital expenditures going to high-cost projects, which would be the first to be abandoned if carbon emissions are tightly controlled. And because it is so big, it has the most emissions exceeding the carbon budget that the world must balance in order to keep warming within safe bounds. About a dozen companies have higher percentage of their assets potentially stranded, but they are much smaller. Among all the companies examined, about a third of the projected spending on new projects would be wasted. That's $2.3 trillion, trillion in oil and gas investments down the drain, according to the report, which was published on Tuesday by Carbon Tracker, along with several European pension funds and a group backed by the United Nations. So money talks, boys. Money talks. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's that's the thing is a lot of these shareholders, they're not as concerned about the consequences of climate change. You know, they may not care if they're climate refugees or whatever. But if they know that they're going to lose money because Exxon invested poorly in these projects that get canceled, you know, that they care about. I mean, that's the reason most people go solar because... It makes money, not because it's saving the planet. Yeah, economic reasons. Yeah. And it's interesting, this framework of viewing it through that lens, you know, because then uh, people who are purely having an economic interest, this is a very specific way of looking at it and saying, okay, Exxon is at a huge risk right now. If I were into the whole, like, finance thing and had a bunch of money to invest, you could do all these, like, put options on Exxon failing, you know, bet your money that Exxon is going to have these assets stranded because... The, the leadership at Exxon seems to be, insist, no, we're going to keep doing these projects. And keep fighting the mm. you know, growing um, worldwide agreement that climate change is happening. Yeah. And um, by fighting it, they're wasting a lot of money instead of um, trying to figure out projects that – I mean, the thing is, is high-risk projects are a gamble, yeah. and you can make a lot of money on they them. They can do high payoff. They're gambling right. that will – be able to delay climate action for five or ten years, and in that five or ten years, they'll do a bunch of, you know, drilling, mining, that sort of thing. But it's a gamble, and their investors should know that. And, you know, maybe maybe they could decide not to gamble with the future of the entire planet. <laughs> Just a thought there. Come on, that doesn't make money. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if you're gambling on the future <clears throat> of the planet, you might as well make some money while you're doing it. It's, yeah. it's called um, having no conscience. Otherwise known as being a corporation. <laughs> yeah. All right. So and now some news about some of the consequences of global warming. Scientists saw a nearly unheard of Ar- Antarctic meltdown. Antarctica is unfreezing. In the past few months alone, researchers have chronicled a seasonal waterfall, widespread networks of rivers and melt ponds, and an iceberg the size of Delaware on the, bank of, on the brink of breaking away from thawing landscapes. A new study published in Nature Communications only asked... Wait a second. Nature has its own magazine to communicate to us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nature is communicating. I wonder how they tell the story. Well, that's pretty good. I mean, nature needs someone to speak on their behalf. Yeah. Yeah, the wind blows and the scientists listen and they... <laughs> they <write down. laughs> I'm sure the, there's a much more rigorous methodology at play here. <laughs> 
Researchers have documented rain on a continent more known for snow. Yeah, rain? I mean, I know there are parts of Antarctica where it has rained from time to time, but this is happening in a part where it's not traditionally associated with rain. And, I mean, if it rains on snow, it causes the snow to melt. Yeah. And ice. So that's catastrophic long-term. Yeah. So widespread surface melt in West Antarctica last summer, one of the most unstable parts of a continent that's already being eaten away by warm waters below the ice. So Dang, you've got warm waters <laughs> being hungry for ice. Yum, yum, yeah, yum. they're devouring it. It's like below the ice and above the ice. That ice doesn't stand a chance at this point. Yeah. Findings published Thursday indicate that last year's Super El Nino played a large role in the driving meltdown. But researchers are concerned that overlaying natural climate patterns onto the long-term warming driven by carbon pollution could put Antarctica's ice in an even more precarious position. And that makes sense, you know, because part of what global warming does is the warmer times get warmer. So if, you know, there was already the presence of El Nino, but if the El Ninos are warmer than they used to be, then that's how you get this sort of melting. And rain in places where you didn't usually have rain. There, quote, there's a substantial loss of ice going on from warm water eating away at the bottom of some critical ice shelf, David Bromwich, a climate modeler at Iowa, Ohio State, said. If we move into the future and we've got a lot of melting from the top as well, that means things could proceed even faster. It's not a good prescription, end quote. The research which Bromwich helped produced stemmed from a series of coincidences starting at the top of the West Antarctic ice shelf, nearly 6,000 feet above sea level. Researchers stationed there in January 2016 noticed surface melt starting in the middle of the month. Wait, January? (laughs) Isn't that winter? Yeah, well, for Antarctica, that's summer. (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, Still, though, it's, you know... The degree of melting they're seeing is not expected. <laughs> and even reporting seeing rain as warm, moist air poured into the region. Brumwick said he had never heard of rain falling on that region of the ice shelf, although the Antarctic Peninsula further north would occasionally get a few showers. Him and other researchers' curiosity was peep- And using satellite imaging and high-altitude balloon data, they were able to confirm the melt not just at the top of the ice shelf, but across much of West Antarctica. About 300,000 square miles of the ice shield near the Ross Sea experienced melt, making it the second largest surface melt ever documented in that region of the Antarctic. The meltdown was caused by incredibly mild air. Temperatures spiked 27 degrees above where they were in early January in some location, pushing them above freezing for a two-week period at lower elevations of the ice shelf. Yeah. So, wait a second. It's It basically, from in a couple weeks, spiked 27 degrees yeah. Fahrenheit. That's a lot. That's scary. And once you get above freezing, there's no helping having the ice melt. So, All right, in other news, world's biggest coal company closes 37 mines as solar power's influence grows. The largest coal mining company in the world has announced it will close 37 mines because they are no longer economically viable. It's all about the money. So it's not out of the kindness of their hearts. It's because (laughs) their business model is collapsing. Coal India, which produces around 82% of India's coal, said the mines would be decommissioned by March 2018. The closures of around 9% of the state-run firm's sites 
will reportedly save around uh, 8 billion rupees or 98 million pounds. India's solar sector has received heavy international investment and the plummeting price of solar electricity has increased pressure on fossil fuel companies in the country. So that's one of the methods of trying to do this transition to clean energy is bolstering support for solar and other clean energy technologies to the point where coal just and oil and gas just become untenable. Uh, the government has announced that it will not build any more coal plants after 2022 and predicts renewables will generate 57% of its power by 2027, a pledge far outstripping its commitment in the Paris Climate Change Agreement. Plans for nearly 14 gigawatts of coal-fired power stations, about the same as the total amount in the UK, were scrapped in May, signaling a seismic shift in India's energy market. And this is huge because it's such a huge energy market. They're in the process of uh, uh, bringing electricity to millions of people who don't currently have it, and at the same time, they're decreasing the amount of reliance on fossil fuels. And we're seeing the same thing happen in the United States with coal, but that's primarily due to cheap natural gas. Yeah. I mean, a small percentage of it is due to the low cost of solar coming in, but the majority of that, about 60% of the cost reduction or the, um, yeah, I mean, remember the statistics. Yeah, about 60% of it is due to the cost of natural gas being cheaper. And so we've dropped tremendously how much coal we use in the United States just because it can no longer compete. Yeah. So. Since it's based on market forces largely, though, it's, there's always the risk of regression. Like if, the, if those prices go back up then, and there's no policy to stop us from burning a bunch of coal, then it, you know, it theoretically could happen again. Mm-hmm. But uh, the market does not seem to be headed that way. And public opinion and public policy certainly does not seem to be headed that way. We've been talking about people who are out there making the world better called Meet the Fixer. This CEO plants community solar gardens. Steph Spires thinks that solar the way one might think about a community garden. Why go through the trouble of planting panels on your roof when you could instead plug into a, a shared neighborhood research source? Through her company called Solstice, Spires and co-founder Steve roll out community solar gardens that allow people who don't own their properties or don't have the means or interest in installing a home setup to tap into a local solar project and save a few bucks. Um, Solstice identifies locations for new community projects works with local developers to arrange financing and installation, and ensures subscribers see credits on their electric bills. Spire's company has earned seed funding from Echoing Green, a social entrepreneur fellowship, and was recently picked for the Selective Techstars Startup Accelerator. Solstice currently has solar gardens scattered around Massachusetts and extends to expand nationwide. Community solar isn't a new idea but Spires and her team are working hard to make it more accessible. In, a, in 2015, for example, the first parish United Unitarian Church in Bridgewater, Massachusetts, couldn't install panels on its roof because of its status as a historic building. Last year, the church leadership became aware of Solstice and its existing solar community program in Bridgewater. The congregation voted to plug into the project, 
thus saving 10% on its electric bill and putting its sustainable values into practice. Better yet, individual parishers followed the church's lead and signed up too. Quote, We're proud that these are typical stories at Solstice, Spire says. Now, in Illinois, we couldn't do community solar until a bill got signed in December and it became an act June 1st. So we now can do community solar. And they're still hashing out the complete details. Yeah. But essentially, you can buy, become a subscriber to one solar module, and you can transfer it, and it's movable. So if you are a renter, you can apply it to your electric bill. If you move within Ameren's territory, because you have to be a subscriber in the same area that the Community Solar Project is, yeah, um, it moves with you. You can also give it to somebody for you know a present. <laughs> yeah, here's you a know, gift of solar. You, you know, know, you could give it yeah. to a nonprofit as a present. So you give them a share in the, as a subscriber in this Community Solar Project, and guess what? you have given them something that will continue to help them for at least the 25-year warranty of the equipment. Yeah. Yeah, I like the idea of the fact that it's transferable, too, in terms of location, because, you know, I'm I'm currently a renter. I've been a renter most of my life, and, you know, I may own a house eventually, but until I do, it's really hard to have a, a solar solution in a rental property, you know, because you don't have permission to put it on the roof or on the lawn or whatever. So I wonder if a bunch of community gardens, solar gardens, are going to spring up now that the laws make it possible. Yeah, the location is really limited to what the connection to the grid is. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, I've had a lot of people contact me that they have property, but they're limited to how big the connection to the grid is, basically. Yeah. So they can still do it; they just can't do it like you know, acres and acres. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So community solar gardens are on their way right here in Illinois. See, sometimes good things happen in Illinois. You know, not always, but sometimes. <laughs> in holidays, it's take your dog to work day and swim a lap day. Yeah. So we also have coming up uh, Log Cabin Day, National Catfish Day. Uh, I wonder if that's a day to let the catfish stay in the water and let them rest instead of <laughs> eating them. <laughs> or if it's a day to eat them. There are a few holidays we come across like that. Beautician's Day and Forgiveness Day is the same day. (laughs) So if your beautician does you wrong. (laughs) Sunglasses Day on Tuesday. Oh, Wednesday is Insurance Awareness Day. Who do you think invented that one? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) insurance industry. Well, I actually, I would kind of invent that holiday just so we're aware of how insurance is all just a big scam. (laughs) Just like Thursday is Camera Day and Hug Holiday. How do you hug a holiday? Hug holiday. Well, I guess it's a day to celebrate hugs. It reminds me of a song. There's a song, Four Hugs a Day. That's the minimum. So tonight is the fourth Friday fair, Beat the Heat. And I think the event doesn't have to happen because we've already beat it, right? (laughs) Yeah, we defeated the heat with a bunch of rain. (laughs) But the best part of this is there is a local celebrity dunk tank. And so if you like them or you don't like them, go uh, dunk them for... Good money being raised for good causes. Yeah. And that's tonight at 6 to 9 p.m. at the Carbondale Town Square Pavilion. And um, they have delicious food and, of course, lots and lots of kids' activities. 
And I don't know if they specify what age you have to be, but I'd probably be kind of funny if I went out there with a bunch of little kids. Yeah. But Kids of all ages. It's also equally funny if it's a game for little kids and then the grown-ups try to play it. Just <laughs> that nice. can be funny, too. So Solar Knowledge for Beginners is coming up. It's coming up on Saturday from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at John A. Logan College, room H126. And I think we know the guy who teaches that. This is a four-parts, uh, four uh, four days course offers participants on advanced level of lecture and hands-on learning that will prepare them for field installations and other advanced courses. Yeah, about half the people who come there are, you know, homeowners really interested in putting solar on who have a lot of questions. And then the other half are people who are interested in, you know, being installers, especially with um, our future energy jobs bill that just went through there should be a tremendous amount of new jobs. So yeah. that's on Saturday from 9 to 4 at Johnny Logan, Logan Room H126. So stop by and say hello. Fresh Fitness every Saturday. Um, I think it's just... Yeah, it's through June and July, it looks okay. like. Yeah, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. The City of Carbondale is teaming up with the Carbondale Park District to host a series of fitness classes every Saturday during the Carbondale Farmer's Market in June and July. Again, 10 to 11 a.m. in Lennis Turley Park. Experience is not necessary. Yeah, that's ex- I like that because you get the fresh, healthy food at the Farmer's Market and then the fresh fitness right next door. So we also have coming up the Tunnel Hill Bike Ride. That's coming up on Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Tunnel Hill Bike Trail Visitor Center. The Shawnee Group Sierra Club outing is free and open to the public. Participants will meet at 10 at the Visitor Center on the Tunnel Hill Bike Trail, just east of Viana, on Route 146. They will ride the trail to the tunnel for about 9.3 miles uphill <laughs> and 9.3 miles back downhill. Now oh, that's that, good. That's good. Yeah. Now, just to let you know, you do have to bring your own bicycle and helmet. Yeah. <laughs> just like. And they also ask you to contact Bob Mulcahy for the, the outing leader. In order to register for it, it's 618-942-6342. And that sounds like a great time. I mean, I, I don't ride bike often enough. At 9.3 miles uphill, it'd probably be a lot of work for me. But if you're, if you're a cyclist, that's a great time out in the country, a tunnel hill. Yeah. Coming up on Tuesday, Youth Earth Skills and Paddle on the Cache River. White Crane Canoe Rentals and Guide Service in Allen, Illinois would like to invite youth for a full day of paddling in Earth Skills on the Cache River. They will paddle on the river and learn about Native American uses of plants, animals, and other resources of the Cache River area. Learn how to make plant cordage from local sources, friction fire from local native woods, explore, gather, summer food plants, and much more. Um, For teens 13 to 19... Bring a sack lunch, water bottle, and signed waiver from a parent or legal guardian. For more information, whitecranecanoes.com. And have you had a chance to paddle on the cash yet? I haven't yet. I need to do it sometime because every time I hear it, it sounds like the best thing ever. And it's, you know? it's, it's really calm and peaceful. So it's, I mean, it's like you're paddling through a lake, but it's really a river. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's slowed down through that area so much and you get to see all those cypress you know the ones that like just grow new roots the roots like grow up to a new tree yeah 
It's yeah. So. Yeah, I've I've been out there for you know to explore it and on foot, <laughs> but it would would be a whole nother experience doing it on canoe. And you learn all this stuff too. This is all stuff that is really good learning about the local region. All right, we've got a minute. Got a minute. <laughs> okay, so free help for health insurance applications and questions. They've been doing that on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. over at the Kyrondale Township Assistance at 217 East Main Street. And I was just talking about insurance is this big, difficult thing to navigate sometimes. So it's good that they have someone there to help. Tuesdays, 11 to 3, Carbondale Township. Also on Tuesdays, continuing the conversation at the Newman Center at 7 p.m. Each week, a group of Southern Illinois residents meets. And their purpose is to listen respectfully to each other's life story, to bring together an interracial community. We... With weekly meetings, we saw strangers become like-minded comrades in arms and build a community that has strengthened our understanding and compassion for each other. This has been your community spirit. We've run out of time, Mm -hmm. but you can announce that every Wednesday is the Brown Bag Concert Series on the Square. Other happenings, please email info at yourcommunityspirit.org and... Posted on the WDBX calendar, which is where a lot of DJs get their information for the announcements in the calendar happenings. Yeah, that's WDBX.org. Thank you very much for listening. In August, we will be celebrating 18 years of your community spirit. Thank you for listening for all these years. This is Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. See you again on the radio next week.